we have a special speaker today on his Mother's Day. And in order for her to be introduced, I actually have to introduce the one who's going to introduce her, my daughter Chelsea. So Chelsea, come on up. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. For those of you I hadn't had the pleasure to meet yet, my name is Chelsea. I am Gary and Tracy's daughter, and it is my honor to introduce this morning's next speaker, my mom. Thinking back to some conversations I had with my mom when I was growing up, I remember my mom would say, Chelsea, one day you will have a daughter and you'll understand. That's usually how the conversation would end. But I remember I would sit there and I'd roll my eyes in my head, only in my head. I knew better than to actually roll my eyes at my mom. But I remember I would think, yeah, right. I don't think I'm ever going to understand this. And I don't think I'm going to have a daughter. I'm going to have a bunch of boys. Well, I am here this morning celebrating my first Mother's Day as a mom to a beautiful, sweet, five-month-old daughter <laughs> named Blakely, who will never roll her eyes at me, I'm sure, even in her head. But I've started to understand a little bit about what my mom was talking about. And I think that understanding will only grow as Blakely grows. But she was talking about this unconditional love that a mom has for her children. And since I have had Blakely, this overwhelming love that I have for her, it's given me this fresh new understanding of Christ's love for us, his children. Jesus loves us so much that he gave his life to be with us for eternity. And I know the way that I love Blakely just doesn't even compare to the way that Jesus loves us. So I want to thank my mom this morning for showing us an example of Christ's love through the way she unconditionally loves me and my brothers and my dad. And my prayer today is that I could be half the mom to Blakely that my mom is to me and to my brothers and the type of wife to my husband, Charlie, that my mom is to my dad. So it is my honor again to introduce to y'all. She is a prayer warrior. She is your support system. She's a women's leader. To me, she is arms to hold me when I'm discouraged. My greatest cheerleader my best girlfriend, and my mom. Oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> I can actually see up here, and it feels great to be this tall. I never knew <laughs> what I was missing. <laughs> the tops of your heads. Um, I, too, want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. And also uh, just want to thank you for all that you've done this year. This year has been a really different kind of a year, hasn't it? There's been new challenges, um, but you have risen up and you have done well. You've had to face things that you've never had to face before. You've had to make uh, changes and choices that you haven't had to in the past and you've done it. You've done well. So I just want to commend you, all of you. And um, I think that y'all deserve another round of applause. So.
Well, there was this gal. <laughs> Actually, uh, this gal was an old woman. There was this old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. Do y'all know the rest of this nursery rhyme? The next two lines, anybody? They're going to be up on the screen here. This is what she did. She gave them some broth without any bread, and she whipped all their bombs and sent them to bed. <laughs> Done. How about that? I, this is a nursery rhyme, y'all. This is a nursery rhyme that was written in 1794. I know what was going on back then, but... 1794, and I, I still just wonder how in the world it made it into the nursery rhyme category, and we were reading it to, you know, our kids at bedtime. It's just, just bizarre to me. But anyway, I, I think about this woman. When you think about it, she lived in a shoe, and she had all these kids to raise in a shoe. She must have been, she must have just been totally overwhelmed with her living conditions and doing the best that she could to take care of all of her children. That's the only explanation I can think of. But, and I think, you know what? I, I've never lived in a shoe. Um, and I don't have, you know, 20 kids. I have four. Um, but she, I do, I do know that I have felt overwhelmed before. Have y'all, any of you women, moms, women? Yes, I think if we were all honest, we would say yes. So, yes, we felt overwhelmed with circumstances, things going on in our lives, schedules, responsibilities, things like that. And with those feelings of being overwhelmed comes frustration, comes discouragement, and then it's just kind of a spiraling downwards. I've been there, and... I don't like it. I don't like it at all, I don't, and I don't want to stay there. Another thing that um, has been discouraging to me in the past is the Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> I love her. And I respect her. Um, but... You know, I think, well, I tell you what, let me just summarize for you all that this strong woman does, okay? The scriptures will be up here on the screen. So the Proverbs 31 woman is a seamstress. That means she sews. I don't sew. I sewed one time in junior high school, seventh grade home ec class. We were to make shorts with a zipper. I put the zipper in, showed it to my teacher, and she made me rip it out. I said, I'm done. I am done with sewing. No more sewing for me. So definitely not a seamstress. A buyer. She's a buyer. Verse 14. Verse 15. She's a homemaker. 16. She's a businesswoman. 17. She works hard. 18. She works long. She cares for the needy. She cares for her family. And she cares for her husband. 
She's strong and she's dignified. She's wise and she's kind. She's alert and she's diligent. Because she is all of these things and she does all of those things, she is praised by her children and her husband. Isn't that wonderful? It is. I think um, there are so many women like me that get discouraged when we read about the Proverbs 31 woman because we don't feel like we could ever measure up to her. I don't know about you, but I I've, have felt that. As a matter of fact, um, I've thought if I could talk to her or I could write her a letter, send her an email, I might say something like this. just so tired. I just don't think I can do it anymore. Lord, what can I do? (laughs) Siri, write an email to Proverbs31woman at (laughs) heaven.org. Subject, heart on my sleeve. Dear Proverbs 31 woman, hello, my name is Carrie. I found this email address for you on Twitter. (laughs) Did you know you have a Twitter account? Maybe you got hacked. (laughs) Just let me know. I'll report it. I got you, girl. Oh, I hope this email address works and this gets to you in heaven. I'm sure you're quite busy with all your fun festivities, but I wanted to introduce myself because I'm writing a book about you. Well... Actually, it's about me, but you inspired it. I wish I knew your name. May I call you Pearl? I would assume you'd have a beautiful holy name like that. My name means dark horse. (laughs) But I'm sure my mom didn't know that when she gave it to me. I'm here on earth, and I wanted to inform you that I've been inspiring women and stressing, you've been inspiring women and stressing them out for centuries. (laughs) You are an icon, and you have your very own chapter in the Bible. A lot of women read about you in the Bible and think they could never measure up to all you were. Now, I have the utmost respect for you and all that you represent. I just don't think I could ever be in your league. Nobody's ever called me a Proverbs 31 woman. (laughs) So I thought, why not embrace the reality that I'm more of a Proverbs 32 woman? (laughs) And let's see how we can support each other. I hope we can bridge the gap for all women, whether they're Proverbs 31 or 32. We're all precious in his sight, created in his image. And when I say precious... I don't mean it in a patronizing way, like, 
Oh, your baby is so, so adorable, even though he doesn't have any hair. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, God loves each and every one of us. I'm writing this book to help the woman out there who isn't feeling so great about herself. I hope she'll read it and realize the truth about how much God loves her right where she is. He's not waiting for her to be 10 pounds lighter, 10 years younger, or $10 richer. He loves all his kids exactly where they are. We can't do anything to make him love us anymore. And we can't do anything to make him love us any less. Do you ever have an early mornings when you lie in bed afraid to open your eyes? I... It can get pretty overwhelming. I can get pretty overwhelmed thinking about the demands waiting for me as soon as my feet hit the floor, or even sometimes before they hit the floor. <sighs> right now, it is 5.20 in the morning, and I'm awake. At any given moment, a child could come running in here insisting that I fetch her things, as though I'm her servant. Yeah, you had kids, but you also had servants. Hmm. <laughs> Well, that might be something I might need to look into. <laughs> you know, some days, uh, okay, most days lately, I want to be a kid again. I want to go back to the time when my mom would stick a thermometer in my mouth and put a hot compress on my head and tell me to stay in bed for the rest of the day. She'd let me watch The Price is Right and I Love Lucy, and she'd feed me Ritz crackers and Campbell's chicken noodle soup. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those chunks were not chicken. <laughs> then in the afternoon, I'd lie on the couch while she did jazzercise and watched her stories, General Hospital. <laughs> then she'd make stovetop stuffing and green giant vegetables for dinner. I wouldn't have a care in the world. My dad would read a story to me and kiss me goodnight while I was snuggled under my covers, wearing my pink flannel Precious Moment PJs. And he'd bring me a Coke to settle my stomach. Sometimes if it was Friday night, I'd get to fall asleep watching the Golden Girls with my mom. And now I'm the mom. And I don't have anyone to kiss me on the forehead and tuck me in at night. I'm expected to do all those things for other people. And how do they thank me? <laughs> they pee in my bed. just don't want to do any adulting today. It's too hard. I can't believe I'm a grown-up. When did that happen? I mean, my friends and I own houses that look like the ones we grew up in. When I'm invited to a barbecue, it still boggles my mind that I'm the one that's supposed to bring the food. <laughs> Isn't that a grown-up's job? I don't know how to work a grill. I feel so ill-equipped for so much in this life. I wish I could have been more prepared. Instead of learning Algebra 2, maybe my math teacher could have taught me how to do online banking. <laughs> what about changing a flat tire? Or folding a fitted sheet? I mean, good grief, who does that? I have to do all the work and all the time, and it's a thankless job, let me tell you. And I get up each day, and Groundhog Day starts all over again. I'm tired, Pearl. I am really, really tired. 
no cream or ointment or pill that I can get on the internet that's going to help me on days like this. Do you ever just want to pack up the tank camel and get out of town, you know, by yourself? Do you ever get any alone time? What were your biggest worries? After you read my book, you might think I worry a lot. I like to call it verbal processing. I just like to rant about things to make myself feel better. What did you do to comfort yourself? I can only imagine how difficult your struggles were compared to my issues. I mean, prayer requests. <laughs> you know, though you did have servants to help, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'm jealous of that. I'd settle for a cleaning person once a month. Did your servants tend to the children, or did they do water runs and plow the field? Seems you were quite crafty making garments and selling them. You do very well on a thing called Etsy. Yeah, we don't have watering holes, but women gather on social media. It's not the same as connecting face-to-face. Our faces are usually photoshopped. We feel more disconnected than ever in this world. I can tell you what my best friend had for dinner last night, but I haven't heard her voice on the phone or seen her face or given her a hug in a very long time. I miss that. I miss talking to friends and doing life with my tribe. Now I just look at pictures of their lives. I miss having close friends who talk openly and honestly. Oh, I'm sure you had good fellowship time. And I hear the men made it a point to sit at the city gate, including your husband. Was he working there or what? I mean, were you the breadwinner? Oh, not that it's a bad thing. I'm Siegel and I'm responsible for myself and these two other humans who keep calling me mom. Sometimes I fear what would happen to them if something happened to me. Oh, that fear keeps me up at night. Did you sleep well? Oh, I bet you were exhausted. I don't sleep that well sometimes. Usually around 1 o'clock in the morning, my brain turns on a slideshow of pictures of all the problems and ideas that demand my attention. Currently, I'm working on building a new weight loss program. I had to lose 10 pounds while still eating bread and doing no extra physical activity. <laughs> I love bread. <laughs> I could have lived on manna for 40 years if I had avocados and a li little bit of lemon juice. <laughs> no, but if I'm really putting my heart on my sleeve, when I'm hoping, maybe, even after you read all about my dysfunction, is that you'll consider being my friend. Uh, no pressure. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Your friend, hopefully, Carrie. Oh, P.S. Who's the best person you've met up there? Any surprises? Could you check and see if there's someone named Patrick Swayze up there? <laughs> oh, he'd probably be teaching the praise dance on the campgrounds with King David. <laughs> well, check your girl.
So can any of uh, you relate out there? Any of you ladies? Come on. I know I can with some of it, you know, parts of it for sure. Do you know what I, um, I've learned that the reason that myself and so many other women have been discouraged by the Proverbs 31 woman is because we wrongly concluded that she is a strong woman. She's not. She's not a strong woman. What she is is a woman of strength. And there's a big difference. I've learned that there is a big difference between being a strong woman and a woman of strength. Let me explain to you. A strong woman is someone who is desperately in need to be in control. And she'll do whatever it takes to have it. And she'll do whatever it takes to keep it. And it doesn't matter who's in her way. That's a strong woman. On the other hand, a woman of strength who is a woman that I would like to become more of is one who has a deep inner strength and walks with grace through life. Now, that's a woman of strength. And I think that's the kind of woman that the Proverbs 31 woman is. The fear of the Lord is closely connected in trusting the Lord. And let me go back to the secret of the Proverbs 31 woman. There is a secret there, and it is in verse 30. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Right? So that's where fear and trust in the Lord are just so closely connected with one another. And because she trusts in the Lord for his strength, not hers, but his, she trusts in the Lord for his strength. She's capable. She has purpose. She has destiny. And she's courageous and content. So I just want to tell you women out there, you don't have to be strong. Give it up. Let it go. You don't have to be strong. It will wear you out. It will rob you of your joy and your strength. So just stop it. You can be a woman of strength. It's so much more fun. And it's, it's freeing. It's liberating. And it's easier to love. So I just want to encourage you to become more like the Proverbs 31 woman in the fact that she is a woman of strength. And to do that, I think we have to be ready to admit that we're weak. I'm weak. I have no problem admitting it. I am weak. I can't do anything without Christ. I can do nothing without him. I can't be nice <laughs> without him. Some people say, oh, you're so sweet. No, I'm not. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, am, I cannot be nice or sweet without Jesus. <laughs> so... Um, 
I think that if, in all honesty, we would all agree that that's true, you know. Um, our flesh is, is, we're just weak. So when we as women can just admit that, come on, we can do it. I'm weak. I'm weak, Jesus. And I need you. I desperately need you. And he's just waiting. He's just waiting to hear that from us. And when he hears that from us, then he's like, yes, I'm here. I'm here for you. Take my strength. I have it. My strength is for you. Depend on me. Depend on my strength. And he's delighted to do that. If we'll just let it go, we'll just let go, be strong woman, whatever, control. And we say, okay, I'm done with this. I'm tired. I'm worn out. Oh, God, would you be my strength? Restore the joy of my salvation. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Then he is happy to do that. So right now, I would like to honor a woman of grace. Um, I believe that she is a model of a woman of strength. And her name is Peggy Kinnett. I was raised in a Christian home in California. Pretty early on, I learned how to play the guitar, started leading worship, writing worship songs, and I felt the call of God on my life. So I enrolled in Christ for the Nations Institute here in Dallas and came to Dallas. The first day that I came to Grace Community Church was Mother's Day in the year 2001. So today is my 20-year anniversary at Grace Community Church, and I am so grateful to this church family. I worked at Wycliffe Bible Translators, SIL International, for 17 and a half years. I was working in editing, and I was also the coordinator for the Bible Translation Conference. They had a budgeting crisis, and in 2018, I was laid off. Actually, I was without work for 16 months. The biggest testimony that I have from that time period is how the Lord worked in my life to not be anxious about that. Anxiety had been a part of my life since I was a little girl. In fact, when I was a seven-year-old, the doctor diagnosed me as pre-ulcer. And so for me to go through 16 months of not having a job and to not be consumed by anxiety, to me that's a testimony of what God did in my life during that time. I really loved getting to work in Bible translation, so I was very grateful that the Lord provided a job for me at Biblica, the International Bible Society. In early 2020, I took a trip for work to train some Bible translators, first in India and then going to Ethiopia. When I got home from Ethiopia, I had a deep vein thrombosis event in my right leg, and I collapsed in my home when the blood clots from that broke off and went to my lungs. I live alone, and so I was home, collapsed on the floor for possibly even four days. It's, it's a miracle, really, that I didn't die. My friends and my coworkers and my family were concerned when they couldn't reach me and finally called emergency services to check on me. They rescued me, took me to the hospital, and the result of that 
was that they needed to amputate both of my legs. I was in the hospital for about four months. So this was all taking place during the height of COVID and I couldn't have any visitors. My sisters came and visited and they organized a drive-by car parade for me. And some of you guys were there. There were so many friends who just drove by, waved. I was through the window, I was, I was waving. And it was just wonderful to see everybody and I'm so grateful for that. I had so much to learn. For instance, I had to learn that I needed to roll up my ramp backwards so that my wheelchair doesn't tip over. Just had to learn to be patient, to be resourceful, to be determined. When I leave the house, once I'm out the door, I can't reach the doorknob anymore. <laughs> so I have, now I've got a, a, a spring that I can attach and it helps me to pull the door closed. <laughs> There's a, a verse that I've thought of. It's in Micah chapter 7, verse 8. It says, Do not rejoice over me, O my enemy, for though I fall, I will arise. And though I sit in the darkness of night, the Lord will be a light to me. I brought that verse up because one of the things that is actually pretty concerning for me right now is what do I do if I do fall down? I asked the occupational therapist at the last hospital where I was, and she said, well, if you fall down, then call 911. I, I want to be a little bit more independent than that, <laughs> and so I really want to learn how to walk again. And the first step to doing that is to learn how to walk on stubbies. Please pray with me that the insurance company would be willing to give me the full-size prosthetics that I need to be able to walk again. It's normal for us to think about grief in the context of the loss of a loved one. But we also experience grief in the loss of a marriage, in the loss of a career, and any other kind of loss. And in my case, the loss of my independence and the life that I once knew. I just wanted to encourage you, if you are grieving or desperate, there are people here at Grace who can walk through that with you. Just reach out. I'm just so grateful for the ministry of grace that way, the ministry of my friends, the ministry of the Lord to my heart to bring to me in a time of loss His peace, His comfort. And I'm just very, very grateful for that. So thank you, Grace, for all your care and love for me. And I had a song that I wanted to sing for you. Be
she have doesn't she have a beautiful soothing voice i love it and i just pray that y'all receive um that message through her song god has been good to you he's been good to me he will always be good forever and ever and ever he cannot be anything but good so i'd like to just close out our time uh, asking you women all women to stand up if you will and any women that are watching online too uh, please stand up and i'd like to pray i'd like to pray for you Father, I thank you for each woman in this room. What a blessing they are. What a blessing they are to their families and their friends. Pray you would pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, upon each woman here. That you would fill her, fill her with your spirit fresh today, a fresh filling, Lord. Enable her to live life with grace. Enable us, God. We need you. We desperately need you. We can't walk this uh, journey alone. We can't. So we trust you, Father. We trust you, and we thank you. We thank you that you are more than willing, Lord, to fill us with your strength. Help us to become women of your strength, not our own. I just pray, God, that you would just give us all um, rest of the day, just a wonderful day celebrating as women and as mothers. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the privilege it is to be a woman. And it really is. I'm grateful. Thank you, God, that we have a special place in the days that we live. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.